Recording live from the Northeast Georgia Business Radio X studio. This is Northeast Georgia Business Radio. Welcome back, folks. Welcome back to another exciting edition of Northeast Georgia Business Radio. I'm your host, Tom Sheldon, and yeah, we're coming to you live from the beautiful Empower College and Career Center of Jackson County. I have with me a guy that actually, watch out, he's a professional speaker like I am, so we might be here all night. I don't know. I have with me today the man behind C. Tony Communications. I have with me the Chuck Tony. Chuck, welcome to the Northeast Studio. Tom, thanks Thanks for that introduction. I'm, I'm glad to be here. We are in a dangerous position with two people who love microphones. So we know we'll what to, to do with them. We'll try to streamline it for everybody. We so. shall streamline them. But either way, it's going to be good, man. Yeah. So welcome, sir. How you been? I've been good. I've been good. Uh, life is good for me now. I get to do what I love every day and help people that I respect and admire tell their stories. So man, isn't that cool? Life. Isn't yeah. that like the best? Yeah. You and I are in the same business. We are. We really are. I think you're on a much grander scale than you go a lot deeper than I do, though. I do enjoy the conversation and helping people figure out what their story. So I do a lot of work with nonprofit organizations, and if right. you, and I'm in based in Athens, and so there's 400 nonprofits. So there's oh, yeah. a lot of competition yeah. for the generous dollars of people who live in that community. And so how do I help an organization and figure out what distinguishes them from everybody else? What is really unique and special about that organization? And then how do we tell that story effectively? And how do we reach the people that we want to talk to that might be in support of that organization? And it is a process because people give you the easy answers, right? We're good people. We're oh, good. yeah. yeah. That's true of all the of generics, them. So what, right. where do we go and how do I sort of gently push people and prod through that process to get to a real story that has some distinctiveness to it? So you start a conversation to create a conversation. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I have a couple of processes I take people through. One of the exercises that just came to me, I was driving around one day, I had one of these conversations coming up and I was like, How, what can I do? What can they bring to the meeting? And I said, well, what if everybody bought three, brought three words that describes the organization now mm-hmm. and three words that describe it in three to five years? And that's called, I just call it the three and three. And so it's a little homework assignment. And I tell people, you can only have three words. And three words. Don't talk to anybody else about it. Bring them on a piece of paper. And then as a group, I just read those out. And we talk about them. And you start to see patterns. Mm -hmm. And you start to see overlap. And you start to see some connections. And that sparks a conversation. And then I go through a series of questions. What do you wish people knew about this organization? And people ask that question. Why are you involved in this organization? They answer that question. Why don't people know the things that you want them to know? Okay. And then we yeah. really get into what are the obstacles you have to you have to understand the obstacles to telling your story right. in order to be and you have to be honest about that. Right. People have misunderstandings about some organizations, people mm-hmm. have misperceptions. Um, and then so we just go through that process and then for me it's percolating and distilling. So you thinking take, about all that for a while and figuring out what their story is. I was is. about to say what do you do with that information? You sit, you dissect it, you think about it. Yeah, I'm I'm a big fan of the big sticky post-it notes. Nice. So we do that on the walls. And so you have each question, you have the three and three word exercise. Right. And you have all of those words. And so you start to see the patterns there. Then you have the questions and the answers that everybody gave. And I literally put them up in my house and I just sit and look at them. You physically post them? Yes. Yes. My wife says, How long are those going to be? I can only imagine. On the back of the kitchen cabinets. And I say, Until I figure it out. Wow. Bold, my friend. Bold. So so it is, uh, I like the word percolating. In any creative process, there's got to be the back of the mind, the subconscious, the downtime, 
And then because I was a speechwriter for 20 plus years, 25 years, I really begin to hear phrases or lines or word combinations. And then I begin to write those down. And then I put them into more formal, what are your messages? What I call the key messages, strategic messages. What are the four or five things we're going to communicate? We don't necessarily use those verbatim in what we say, but everything we do has to relate to one of those. Okay. One of my mantras with clients is that tactics are fun and strategy is hard. Yeah. And you talk to clients, as I'm sure you know, I want to do this. I want a brochure. I want a website. I want to, sure, you probably do. Why? What are we trying to accomplish? Exactly. If we don't know what we're trying to accomplish, we're probably going to fail. Yeah. In so wasting you, time and resources. You've got to do the yeah. hard part first. You've got to do that work. You've got to have somebody push you a little bit to think about what it is that makes you unique and distinctive in your market, in your environment. You're saying people don't narrow it down enough. I think particularly in the nonprofit world, there's a tendency to think people know what we do and we don't like to talk about ourselves. I will quickly agree with you on that. There's an assumption. Everybody knows what we're doing or what we've done or who, even who we are, mm-hmm. but people don't. They don't. They, people have an understanding that there are a lot of people doing really good work. As right. I said, I was at the Food Bank of Northeast right. Georgia for two years. The second year was the first COVID year, so I count that as a dog year, and I say I was really there for eight years. It was a remarkable year. I, Good I, point. I, I, it was a remarkable year, and my staff there did a – and those people are fully committed. But there are so many people doing such good work, and all that all of that work is dependent upon fundraising mm-hmm. and donations. Right. And so you've got to figure out what it is that will, will attract people to what you're doing, to be clear about what it is that you do in that crowded market and why they should support you. And that's what I love helping organizations do. Before we get too far down the road here, you work with a lot of nonprofits. Mm -hmm. That's, I hate to say your sweet spot, but that's something that you work with a lot. It It becomes a sweet spot, I guess. I've fallen into that niche. Okay. I'm very happy. It's very rewarding. Gotcha. My parents taught me that we'll get the community we're willing to build. Mm -hmm. Somebody's going to do these things. Somebody's going to coach your little league team. Somebody's going to be on the school board. It might as well be me. I know know me. (laughs) I don't know you that well. I trust you. I want to trust you. But somebody's going to do these things. So that idea of we'll get the community you were willing to build has been very important to me. So service, community service, being involved in Rotary, being on boards of nonprofits. And so it has evolved not intentionally. But as I started the business, I literally sat on my couch looking online and sort of trolling local nonprofits and their board of directors for people I knew. And one thing, when you work in the president's office at the University of Georgia for 15 years, okay, you know a lot of people. I bet so. And they know you, right. and they know what you can do. So they know what I can do. And so I've been able to reach out to people and say, hey, you're on the board of the Athens Area Homeless Shelter. I'd be interested in talking to you all about communication support. Right. You're on the board of the Athens YMCA. I'd like to talk to you. You're on the board of Books for Keeps. I'd like to talk to you. And so they've been very receptive to that, again, because I know a lot of people, they know me, they know what I've done. Well, you built the relationships. Exactly. That's what it's all about, my exactly. friend. Exactly. I'll get word nerdy on you here. So I'm a du- do. double English major. I'm a, I'm a radio person. I'm I love, into that. I love the etymology of words, where words come from. So uh-huh. all this group of words, communication, communion, community, common, all come from pretty common set of Latin words, communicare, which means to share mm-hmm. or together or to be with. So when we talk about communication, it's a process of being with other people and sharing with other people. Right. What is it that we have to share? And it's, as you said, a relationship. Mm-hmm. It's a part of that relationship, communion in both the religious sense and just the communion of people being together. We're sharing with each other. We're being together. We're being a part of something that's meaningful to both of us. So this is basically part of, or I guess 
maybe all of your values-based communication. Yeah, and, and particularly, and we're going to talk, I think, about crisis communications, which oddly is the thing I really enjoy. We're saving that for last. Folks. I don't want anybody to have a crisis, but I'm here to help when it when it happens. And, and nice I, to know. I, I talk to people in crisis, are you what you said you were when things were good, when things are bad? Right. Do you live those values in the bad times, or do you get defensive do you revert? Do you forget what you said you were and what you wanted people to know? That is the time to live those values. So part of my process with nonprofits, and I do some work with Chambers of Commerce and other organizations, is what do they say about themselves? And then I use that to inform, and I, and I look at them and ask them, are you living these every day? Are these just things that happen and nobody really pays attention to them? Right. And so using that values-based approach and reminding people of what they said their values were particularly in the bad times, is an important part of, of what I like to do with clients. You use a process. Yes. I mean, you don't just start listening to people and come up with ideas. You work them in a direction. I, you have to or you I, wouldn't be successful. I have to, and, and it is that nudging process. Um, right. I, I worked at um, Jackson Spalding, which is a uh, Southeast's largest marketing communications agency. It's based in Atlanta, has an office in Athens, and I worked there for about four and a half years. And a dear colleague of mine, Mark Martin, led our branding process. And he had actually branded our branding process as an excavation. Now think about an excava- think about an actual excavation. Okay. It's hard work. Oh yeah. You gotta move a lot of junk to find a little gold. Yeah, to get what you want, right? Somebody might get hurt. It's possible. Somebody might get hurt. It might be you. And so that process again of listening to the sort of immediate we have great customer service we love the people we, okay doesn't distinguish you from anybody right those are as i say on law, law and order we'll stipulate to that sure right? that's a truism okay that's true of everybody else mm-hmm. what is it about you and that can be a little uncomfortable i enjoy the facilitating process i know we're on the radio but you can see me waving my arms around he's this waving is, his arms this folks. is my like not I, real madly but he's still waving them i love that process of having like a u-shaped table of people who are all have a common purpose whatever mm-hmm. organization they're part of chamber of commerce books for keeps humane society whatever i love being in that room and talking and listening to what that person said that resonated with somebody said 20 minutes ago and let's talk about those two things and let's tell me a little bit more about that is there another way to say that that process for me as the writer as the speech writer as the messaging person is how we get to an effective story for for these organizations to tell about themselves do you listen as much as you do anything very important i probably talk more than i that i should i try to listen i try i try to listen because it is and i have a real enthusiasm for it i Mm -hmm. I do love that environment and being in those conversations and so it is it is very important to be able to listen to what people are saying yeah it's also important to figure out who's dominating the conversation and who might have something to say, but they're mm-hmm. a little uncomfortable and mm-hmm. they don't have the chance and bringing that person in. Sure. You know, Susie, you haven't, you like, you might have something on you. I want to hear from you. You're quiet over there. You know, so yeah. you know how rooms work, right? You oh, get a yeah. dozen people in a room. There's going to be me and you. <laughs> I, I am reserved in a room full of people because I like to feel everyone out. Well, I, I like to see what everyone's thinking. I wish I was as restrained as you are. I, I tend to, I tend, I like the sound of my own voice. Well, I love my voice. Yeah. Ask my wife. She, yeah. she accuses me of that daily. But. Yeah. but just reading the room, being a part <clears throat> of the room, I'm a we guy. My first meeting with a client, I'm already saying we are going to do, we, I'm on board. I'm just, You're already there. By default, I'm a we guy. Right. I'm your organization man. Right. I'm, I made a career out of that. I've served as a press secretary for a U.S. congressman. I was assistant to two presidents at the University of Georgia. I know it sounds like I'm patting myself on the back. I'm you should. To say, I was going to bring it out of you eventually. I, I've been in those roles where you're either on board or you're not. Right. 
uh, one of the presidents I worked for the longest time at UGA was uh, Michael Adams, who's a dear friend of mine, mentor. We would have a senior staff meeting every week, and he would say pretty regularly, we're going to hash it out in here. You better tell me what you think in here. We walk out that door oh, holding yeah. hands and singing Kumbaya. You darn, you darn right. You, you, don't, you don't go out there yeah. and contradict what we decided in here. And so that environment for me of being in that room where the, my opinions, my thoughts were valued, my questions were valued, and everybody's were, but also that understanding that we are a we. Right. We are a we. You're, you're one unit. <laughs> we're, we're on a team here. And we're going to hash it out. And it got intense. I'm sure it did. In that room sometimes. But then you come out yeah, one face. You can throw furniture in here. You can't throw furniture out there. Absolutely. Yeah. And that is a sign of strong leadership. Darn right it is. It wasn't. Yeah. He wasn't going to tell us what. He wanted to hear everybody. Yeah. He always said every opportunity to replace somebody who left was an opportunity to get somebody better. Mm-hmm. And somebody smarter. I agree. Somebody who brought something else to the table. Because we and the university needs that. Oh, yeah. So it's a real leadership lesson for me. So what you're doing now, basically, is just a culmination of what you've just steadily grown into. I'm listening to you. That's why I hear. That's why I hear you saying. I think you're absolutely right. These it, opportunities it, it, and, have mounted to this. Yeah. And, and when I got, you know, when I'd, I'd done a couple of years at the food bank and, and, and stepped away just to think about some things, my wife and I began talking and I was like, we both know what I love to do. Yeah. I love working with people to help them figure out their stories to tell how they want to tell it and who they want to tell it to. And, and that process, I love writing. Can I do it? I mean, what, what does it take? Well, takes 300 bucks and my friend who's an attorney to file the paperwork to make me an LLC. You're an right? LLC. Fairly simple process. And then, and then again, for me, I know you see on my information sheet there, I don't have a website. I noticed that. I, because it's been person to person. It's been word of mouth. Mm-hmm. It's been, now my, my personal Facebook page more than my, my C. Tony Communications Facebook page has become where I sort of market this. I'll Take, sure. take a picture before I leave here and say, today's see Tony Communications oh, yeah. gig location we, was. At, we, we work the social media, my yeah, friend. So that has, has brought, I will tell you, one person found me just not through any of my social media. She is a higher education administrator in admissions and enrollment in Ohio. She wants to be a college president. Okay. I was sitting on my couch one day in my sweatpants doing some work, and I got a phone call from somebody, a number I didn't recognize. I let it go. If it goes to voicemail, that tells me something. It went to voicemail. Mm-hmm. She had was looking for somebody to help her with the application process, the materials she had to write for submitting her name for college presidencies and, and also the speech writing, the pres- all the stuff you have to do, right? It's, oh, a, yeah. it's a dog and pony show. It is. And she had just searched for college and university and speechwriter and something and something. And finally, somehow my name came up and she just called me out of the blue. And so I've been helping her with her, with that process. So, but most of it has been personal connection mm-hmm. or a recommendation from somebody who I've done work for, who's referred to somebody else That's in the, the best in a kind, similar man. field. So I, I don't want to maintain a website. I don't, blame I don't want to have a static website. If it's right. A, and, and right now I've got 20 clients. So I'm you're I'm happy, plenty you're busy happy where you're and at. I can manage what I'm doing. And I've got some other ones in the pipeline through the spring. So Yeah. You work with someone for a couple months. Sounds like the young lady in Ohio, this is, might be ongoing. This is ongoing and yeah. really sort of finished. The, so that cycle starts in midsummer. Okay. Um, that academic year is sort of a July 1st thing. Oh, I got so you for her, her situation. The, the interviews yeah. processes through the 
through the fall and it's kind of tailed off now and it'll pick back up. Yeah. Um, let's look at, uh, so annual reports are a thing I love to do. I'm yeah, that, I'm I have that, annual reports in my notes. I'm that nerdy. I, I was about I, to ask you, what in the world are you doing creating an annual report? So first of all, I have a remarkable design partner, Claire Jordan, clairejo.co. She and I got connected by a mutual friend and she does amazing design work. So they look great. But let's just say, so this, we started Barra County Last year, so fall of 22, we probably mm-hmm. met with the Barry County folks in October or November. I had known Tommy. I have a personal Tommy family Jennings, connection. Yeah. I'm born in Winder. Tommy's dad, Tommy Jennings' dad, was my dad's boss at Barry Manufacturing oh, wow. back in the 60s and 70s. Tommy knows where the gold is buried. He does, yes. he, and the bodies too. Well, I wasn't going to say that. But um, yeah, yeah. So I just re- and Tommy and I crossed paths, and I just reached out to him. I said, "Hey, do y'all do an annual report? I'd love to." talk to you about that. And he said, we haven't done one, but we've always wanted to. And I said, let's talk. And so, so that process began in mid fall of 22. This came off the press in April of 23. Okay. So it's about a four or five month process. The one for the Athens Area Chamber of Commerce a couple of years ago was a little more compressed than that, but that's about a normal timeline for something like, so, so a lot of my work is project-based. Right. It's, we're going to do a thing. Okay. Right, we're going to do a thing, and it's going to take this much time. You, you set a target, more set or a less. target. Yeah, give you a fee. Of course, you're going to pay me fifty percent up front, fifty percent on completion, mm-hmm. and so that's been very successful. That's that's you know, I, when I do the messaging process, when I do crisis communications planning, when I do annual reports. I've done some one-off, just uh, magazine articles, just sort of freelance, pick up those. Right. The dream, the financial dream, and and my wife is uh, my wife Laura is um, CFO head of graphic design, human resources, and IT. So mm-hmm. she's permanent employee of the quarter at C. Tony Communications. Bless her for I that. I tell her her bonus is on the way. Yet she keeps she, showing up, she keeps I tell showing you. up. <laughs> um, the dream in the, uh, from the business financial side was to get an annual contract with a monthly retainer. Of course. Where I was, and, and I came close two or three times. But I have some. Uh, I know some people at Presbyterian Homes of Georgia, which is a senior retirement, senior mm-hmm. living center. There's a big one in Athens. There's right. six of them around the state. And so that they have um, last fall hired me as essentially their director of communications. So I'm, I'm taking them through the strategic communications process. I'm managing all their contractors around printing and mailing and all of that. Uh, my design partner and I are working on some logo updates and things like that for them. So that has been a real bonus. And that is now a three-year commitment. So I've got three years out of, nice. of a steady in come there. These annual reports, though, they're basically just recapping the year. Mostly, what, what are you digging into? Mostly, I'm going to get I'm going to get um, English major uh, nerdy again. That's are you, not are, a problem. Are you familiar with the minor Roman god Janus? Yes, I am, but I'm going to say no. Okay, for everyone's benefit. So Janus, uh, God love. God loved the, the Janus with the, the U.S. And, folks. Yes, <laughs> yes, J A N U S. God yeah. loved the Greeks and the Romans who had a god for everything. Yes, every so God Janus is the god of um, gates and doors and windows. Mm-hmm. He, if you know what he looks like, he has two faces. Right, he has a face going backwards. We named January for Janus. Right, mm-hmm. we, it's a time of looking back and looking forward. So we always talk about that when we do our messaging and our process for annual reports, which is yes, you need to look back. It is a recap of the previous year, but you've got an audience that is in some way committed to you. Mm-hmm. If you're a chamber of commerce, they're your members, right? Or they're your community, or they're your government officials. Let's give them a chance to look forward, right? Let's let's also talk about what's coming up because those are the people you need to go with you on that journey. And so one of the things we've done is we call this inside back page our benediction page. Nice. So 
this is what we did in 22. This is what we're going to do in 23. This is what we did in 23. This is where we're going in 24. 24. So that idea of looking forward. And we do the three and three word exercise that I described earlier. We don't always use it. Emerging was the word that came out of the process with Barra County. They wanted it to be the title. And it was emerging both from COVID, but also the Barra County Chamber is emerging oh, and as it is. a powerful force. The entire county is. And a vo- absolutely. Yeah. And a voice in, that needs to be, I told Tommy, I said, as a chamber, and I was, I'm former chair of the Athens area Chamber of Commerce Board, you want to be invited to the table. You don't want to ask to be exactly. at the table, right? And so you have to prove that. That they'll, mm-hmm. they'll give you a courtesy invitation. Right. But if you don't bring anything, they're not going to remember or want you back. So right. what, what do you bring? So that, that idea of emerging is that kind of voice for the business and industrial and economic community in the county. The, the word that we use, we call it our guide star word. And by we, I mean Claire, my design partner and I, uh, for the Athens Area Chamber of Commerce was integral. Athens, as a unique community that has an identity, the chamber is becoming integral to that identity okay. and it's growing up in a lot of ways. So that process, and then also I think just shortening the amount of I mean, I'd love to get paid by the word, right? And Absolutely. Have, but people don't, we don't, I do. We're people all short don't attention read. span. We're short attention span. Yeah. I have the privilege and honor of serving as a spokesperson for a member of Congress, mm-hmm. university presidents. Uh, when I worked at Jackson's Paul, I was for, for leaders of, of regional and national corporations. And I like to talk. And I would always say to myself when I was going to an interview with a reporter, Chuck, you can always say more. You can never say less. That's right. Toothpaste out of the tube. That's right. Right? So mm-hmm. people can always get more information about the Barracani Chamber of Commerce, but we want them to want more information. Exactly. And that is the way we approach this. Mm-hmm. And in case they don't want more information, you're not boring them. You're not wasting your time and resources. Nope. I don't get paid by the word. No, that needs to be the goal. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> All right, man, let's wrap this up. Crisis communications. I know you're anxious to go into this, to dive into this. Crisis communications. What, something goes wrong? The toothpaste comes out of the tube? Am I going down the right you right are. road? You okay. are. Awesome. You are. Awesome. I tell people this is what nobody wants to talk about, but, but everybody can't stop thinking about. Darn right. Everybody knows what could go horribly wrong yeah. in their organization. They don't want to talk about it, and they really don't want to pay somebody to help them talk about it. Right. But it is a smart thing to do because, okay. you know, it's not it's not if, it's when, mm-hmm. right? Something's going to happen. Exactly. And so um, the first step in crisis communication is defining a crisis. Okay. Like we all have a, we all have an idea. So here's my, here's, here's my definition of crisis. And again, because I'm a speechwriter, I love alliteration. So it's three D's. Of course. It's disrupt, divert, and develop. A crisis is an event which disrupts the daily operation of an organization, Mm -hmm. right? Now, the first response is that happens every single day. Within reason. Right. You start your day. You have your list. The coffee maker didn't work. Something happens. So disruption alone is not a crisis. True. Next step. Does it divert the attention of leadership away from strategic and long-term goal? Big one. Takes resources. Big one. Yeah. I have a a good friend who does... um, executive coaching in Athens, she talks about that leaders ought to be working on their business, not in their business. Mm-hmm. You I have agree, people to work in your business. I quickly agree with that. As a leader, you hire the right people, you give right. them clear direction, you give them authority and right. agency to do that work, and you work on six months, mm-hmm. a year. Growing the business, growing the franchise, So spread the word. You've had a disruptive event. And it's diverted your attention as a leader. You're now in it, right? We're not. Right. We're we're focused on the moment. And the third is: Does it develop fear, anxiety, concern, stress, chatter among any of your audiences or constituencies, among staff in the nonprofit world, among donors, among volunteers, among the people you serve? Is there is there concern? Is there something going on? 
Is there chatter? Is there social media chatter? Is there online chatter? Is there any of that stuff? So it disrupts, it diverts, and it develops. So then when we define, we use that definition, and then we decided we have a crisis, we need to think about what we would say. And there's a simple thing in my business called a holding statement, which literally is what you say that holds your place in a conversation. And there's a pretty simple template for doing that, and it's uh, emotion, status, action. Okay. So you express what a lot of large organizations particularly forget in the moment of crisis is that they, for, they, for, they forget to sound human. Exactly. They get defensive. It's mechanical. With all due respect, and my sons, one of my sons is an attorney. They get lawyerly. Uh-huh. They listen to the lawyer's advice. Right. And they forget that this is about relationships. Mm-hmm. This is about communicare in Latin. This is about sharing. This is about being with each other. And the people who are connected to your – a crisis happens to everybody in an organization. Mm-hmm. It doesn't just happen to the CEO. Right. It happens to the customers. Uh-huh. Remember the Tylenol scare? Oh, yeah. They handled it great. Yeah. They came out and said, look, we are, we are heartbroken. I don't remember exactly what they said, but they were right away. They were out there, and they were doing things. And so that, that part of it is really important. Status, what do we know right now? And another of my mantras and truisms is that first information is worst information. Oftentimes. Think about every shooting, every train, every plane mm-hmm. crash. The numbers change. The details change. Right. Have credibility in what you think you know right now. Mm-hmm. So emotion status, action. What are we going to do? What are we doing next? And interestingly, I have an example from the news. So we all know that Boeing... I was about to say, something about uh, doors blowing off planes. Boeing's had a rough time. Yeah, they have. Boeing's had a rough time, and I don't work for Boeing. I wish I did. This is at least part of Boeing's statement, and I I want you to think about emotion, status, action. Okay. So this this is the CEO of Boeing. We have let down our airline customers and are deeply sorry for the significant disruption to them, their employees, and their passengers. Emotion. We are taking action on a comprehensive plan to bring these airplanes safely back to service and to improve our quality and delivery performance. Status. We will follow the lead of the FAA and support our customers every step of the way. Action. Right. It's a great statement. Mm -hmm. Now, I shared it with a friend who said, I don't know that significant disruption is strong enough for doors falling off of airplanes. Giant holes emerging in the middle of a plane. But they made the effort, and they expressed some humanity and Mm -hmm. some emotion, and they acknowledged that. They tried hard to get in front of it. That it hurt everybody. It's hard not to when giant holes emerge in the middle of planes. That's true. I would call that a crisis. Yeah. Yeah. They're get off the soapbox. They're fortunate what happened only happened. Let's just leave leave it at that. True. Uh, The other thing I'd say about crisis. Yes. I made a little note here. Um, The good news about bad news is that people are paying attention. True. You have an opportunity. I'm not saying we're taking advantage of it, but this is a moment where people are looking at you. Back to what I said about values-based communication. Are you living in this bad time? Mm -hmm. What you said you were about in the good times. True. Right? Mm -hmm. I don't believe crisis. I don't believe that difficulty that adversity breeds. I don't believe it builds character. I believe it reveals character. I agree with you on that. Let me say that again. I don't believe that adversity builds character. I believe it reveals it. It reveals it. So are you what you said you were going to be in the bad times as you as you were in the good times? Well, they say it's not the moment that defines you. It should be how you react to it. Exactly. 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 Stuff happens to everybody. Oh, absolutely it does. You don't have any. You don't have any choice about that. A lot of times, you have a choice about how you react to it. And I think politicians respond. say something to the effect of "never waste a good disaster" or mm-hmm. some, something horrible no, like that. No publicity know. is all publicity is good. Publicity. At least they're talking about yeah. you. I yeah. guess. Well, man, Chuck, we've been going for thirty minutes, brother. I love it. 
It didn't feel like that at all. I know. It goes so quick. When you're passionate. I counted the ums. There was only like three of them. Okay, good. You did really well. Good. good. I, stumbled a, I stumbled a little bit on that uh, adversity part, but that's okay. It's, it's all right. It's my all mind right. gets ahead of my mouth. Give the email to reach you. The best way to reach you is email, correct? Best way to reach me is email. What is that? And it's C Tony Combs. So C T O N E Y C O M M S at gmail.com. There's two M's on Combs. There are. We I learned that. I this found week. that out actually last week into this week. There are two M's. Yeah. And if you only put one M, Chuck will not get your email. <laughs> Technology is great when it works. Yeah. They're, I'm vamping at this point. They're going to play my music. Then we got to get out of here. All but, right. You know how these people are, these producers. Chuck, thanks so much for being here, man. Enjoyed it. Thanks for the opportunity. I did too. Hey, folks. See Tony Communications. Email Chuck. See Tony Comms at gmail.com. I'm Tom Sheldon. We'll talk to you soon.